from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Eric Atanasias. Um, my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, a world building, and storytelling podcast where each week we take a listener prompt, create an original fantasy character from it, and inject it into our amazing original universe using our favorite and sometimes not so favorite tabletop games. It's true. Uh, we use a whole lot of games. It's very exciting. Aaron? But before we get to that, I want to ask yeah. you a question. I'm ready. What's something in your life that's making you excited, getting you jazzed up, getting you in the headspace to, to to take on the world? What's got you excited this week, my friend? What's got me um, excited is cooking at home. Okay. Um, I oftentimes talk about food, and cooking at home is just one of them. Um, but another one, I, I'd like to have a quick con wrap up with you if possible. Yeah, sure. I just good. got back from Gen Con. I'm still kind of reeling from the fun and excitement and smells. I'm listening. Now yeah. you've got me. You've got me hooked. Yeah, I know. So I mean, because I you hear I hear con and I hear smells, and my associations are not good. See, that's where you're wrong, Jeff. See, Gen Con is not like any other con. When it's Saturday and you're walking through the halls of the main convention halls, it actually smells like fresh baked baked goods and donuts and really sweet treats. It's actually quite pleasant. And the bathrooms, oh, there have never been a single bathroom crime committed in them. They're actually <laughs> spotless. <laughs> There were chalk outlines, I'm pretty sure, on every toilet at Gen Con. <laughs> no, but I had a great time meeting a lot of people and, like, playing. I actually played some games, um, and I really had enjoyed it. I had some panels, was, met some fun people. What was your favorite single, if you had, to, like, what was a single moment that was, like, that you were, like, this is what made it worthwhile? Oh, um, um, I met uh, a bunch of people from the Discord right. uh, at the one-shot meetup. And that was just an amazing experience. Hey, Hex Chosen. And it was like, you know, they made me a crocheted, um, that don't grow on a tree wizard phallus what? thing with a carrot. Yeah. That's lovely. Friend. That's wonderful. I, it was wonderful. That was my highlight. But I will say game wise, like, cause we're a tabletop podcast. It's super serious. Sure. Um, playing for the queen was very eye opening for me. And I kind of want to figure out how to make a game. I want, okay. cause it's a lot like, you know, have you ever played it? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't played it, You've but I have it. read it, and yeah. I have made a game that is ba- that like uses the system that like the descended from the queen, yeah, system. So like, I'm familiar with it by virtue of doing the job. Jeffstormer.itch.io available now. So in for the queen, um, everybody plays like blank characters that are in the retinue of a queen, and the queen has to go barter, like broker an alliance with a far off nation, and you're in her retinue, and you. You kind of draw cards that then flesh out the story of your character, and at one point in the game, you're going to draw a card with a rose on it and says, the queen is under attack, do you defend her, based on the story that you've been creating with everyone. So it is a character creation game, and it got my brain noodling around because I went around the convention floor and was asking a lot of people, like RPG creators, like, do you have robust character creation? And the answer is generally, like, no, and that's not shade, but it's just not, like, what I want. And so I was sure. thinking, like, after that experience of everybody makes these characters and that's what drives the narrative. And for the queen, I was like, can you gamify 
the process of character creation in a way that isn't, you know, people sitting around for four hours writing nonsense. Like, how can you gamify it so that it's a fun experience creating a backstory that people care about? That's sure. my current, uh, that's my okay. white whale. I dig that. I yeah. get down with that. I'm cool. into that. Cool, cool. And if somebody steals that, you know, I, I can't have two ideas stolen from me. I really can't. That's fair. No, that's valid. <laughs> Sorry, right. moving on. That's valid. Um, so what's been exciting me lately is, uh, I was not at Gen Con. Uh, what's been exciting me lately is instead uh, a little story, uh, sort of really the greatest story ever told, a timeless tale of a young man with a dream, uh, a young man with a dream and a some coat that is sometimes red or blue or green. Aaron, have you ever watched any Lupin the Third? I thought you were going to tell me you saw like a local production of Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. No, I'm watching I'm watching Lupin the Third because okay. I'm anime trash. I've never watched an episode of Lupin. Oh, it's very good. It's supposed to be amazing, but it's another one of those shows where I don't know where to start. There's like 400,000 episodes. Uh, It's very good. I think that you could honestly start with Lupin the Third Part 5, which is on Crunchyroll and is the most recent, like, edition of it. Okay. It does a really good job of introducing the characters, and I think, honestly, like, well, I mean, I Part 1, or not Part 1, um, you know what? You know where you could start with? Yeah. You know what does a good job of introducing it? is the Castle of Cagliostro. I watched that last weekend. That might not be the right way to pronounce it, but don't at me. Don't, don't at, at me right it's, now. It's, we're all um, just reading here. It's uh, the Miyazaki. It's the movie that Miyazaki directed, a ah, Lupin movie. Yeah, yeah. That one is fantastic. We watched that over the weekend. Uh, Lupin Part 5 is pretty much great all the way through. I think I would recommend starting with Part 5. Okay. Which is the newest series that launched last year. And the reason being that there are episodes in there um, that are throwbacks to earlier segments in Lupin the Third. Okay. All of which are kind of identified by the color of jacket that Lupin is wearing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can kind of, and they deliberately do episodes that are riffs on different Lupin era. So there's an episode where he's wearing a green jacket, and that's a Lupin part one, part like early Lupin part one throwback episode. And they, they do a very good job of like stylistically evoking those eras. Yeah. So you can watch them and go, oh, I really like the way that the story is playing and the way that the characters are bouncing off each other. I think I'm going to check out this this year, like this time period in Lupin. And I think that's why I would recommend it, especially because it's just a very good story. It uses technology in a very compelling way. Like, it's fast. It's great. I love it. I'm going to watch at least two episodes. And then next week, we're going to talk about Lupin. All right. That sounds great. I'm in. So, what, sorry, <laughs> I always suck at the transition to starting the show. Aaron, do we have a prompt this week? We do have a prompt this week. Um, a prompt this week comes from a friend of the show, Magical Girl Kira. Hello there. And, hey there, friend. Um, the prompt is Teen Sensation Ashley Fask. Hmm. Now, if you're a fan of the Aaron and Jeff family of products, you will know that uh, Teen Sensation Ashley Fask was my second ever uh, tabletop RPG character. This is true. Now, technically, there's a parenthetical here that I would also like to kind of lay out in detail. Please do. Which is that, technically speaking, Teen Sensation Ashley Fask exists in the world of fantasy, or at least some variation of the world of fantasy. And here's yes. why. Technically speaking, if you hop over to my other podcast, Party of One, an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences... Uh, the episodes in which you and I recorded together, Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, Scarlet and Heroes, and then Dungeon World... Those stories ended like ended on a cliffhanger that it, that draws them into the world of all my fantasy children. That is correct. And in that, you one of the characters that you played that I believe was murdered. 
was a teen sensation Ashley Fask. I don't remember if Ashley Fask then le- like survived, but I remember that that you played that character. So Avery Gray and Bamferino made it out of yeah. uh, the funnel, and I don't remember how Ashley Ashley Fask might have gotten killed in the funnel. Uh, yeah, I remember. I, I Ashley Fask is one of the characters that you played that died in the funnel. So technically, they exist in some variation, which means this is a separate teen sensation. Yes. Also named Ashley Fast. Yes. In the Mount Holly family of products, there are multiple teen sensation Ashley Fasks. Yes. So, what I had an idea for, I bought some dice at Gen okay. Con that I've randomized results on them for like, uh, for like character race, character class, things like that. They have and a like, piece of broccoli in them. So, do you want to go whole cloth or do you want to use central casting or old friends? So tell me about the dice that you bought first. Okay. Because I know so, you've got some special dice for the situation. I have a character class dice. Uh, that's like yep. D, I think, 10. Don't quote me on that. There's one for class, one for, and then I have two different ones for race. And then one for weather, one for month you were born, um, one for an um, treasure open, like a treasure you have or opening of a chest, one for traps, and um, uh, one for, that's kind of it. Uh, I'm gonna say, let's, let's go real weird with this. Yeah. And just use these dice. Oh, fuck. Okay, we can make a story from these. And, and use the name Teen Sensation Ashley Fask a little, you know, use that name guiding the fact, you know, plus the dice, use all of those things, and just see where the character goes. I, I can't imagine this will be a very long episode. You never know. We might get inspired. Yeah, we never know. Let's see where we go with it. So give me a race and a class. Well, let me start with some pronouns real quick. Yeah, right, right, right. Sure. All right. So to Fish, his name is Teen Sensation Ashley Fast. His name is Ashley Fask. He is a teen sensation. And what do you want to start with? Give me a, give me a, let's see what, let's see what culture he hails from. All right, let's go. This is a dwarf. Okay. 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 Which means that there's an important question that we have to ask around dwarves of the dwarves of fantasy. Or... You know, so there's we can we can say that he is a traditional dwarf of G of the Geodian tradition, which is to say imbued with a magical first word. Or we can say that he's a dwarf that lives somewhere else that lives under some different tradition altogether. Yes, because I was reading that Twitter thread today by Lucha. Uh, Lucha Libris? Was that yes. Lucha Libris? Yes. yes. About like um, how too often in fantasy, like culture and race are right. like intrinsically tied no matter where they are in the world. And Mono I was like, culture, sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting to think about. I was thinking about the exact same thing, which is why I'm kind of like, let's see, like, like this doesn't have to be. I mean, we did say there's like a somewhat supernatural element to the first word of a dwarf, but like how that is interpreted could yes. be entirely different by like. There's this magical thing that that dwarves have that could be interpreted entirely different ways depending on, like, where you live and, like, what your family believes. And it could be something, like, intrinsically, like, when you're in Geode, if there's, like, a ceremony for it, that there's magic involved, there's imbued. So, like, in other parts of the world, perhaps dwarves just kind of don't do that. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's tied to the mountain. Maybe it is just, like, a cultural event in the mountain and maybe it, like, we always, always uh, never decide if it's magical or not. You know right. what I mean? Like it, we said that it might be, it is like there's some, but what if like some parts of the world dwarves just kind of don't play that game? That's, I'm into that. I like that. I mean, it also depends on where you're from and like, you know, that yeah. culture, like perhaps Ashley Fask was born in like Purethra Guild or Truth or something. Sure. Absolutely. So I fuck with this. So yeah. there, it doesn't have to be, there's nothing tied to the name. That's like a, 
maybe that's just a very Geodian custom that what we're describing, by the way, is our uh, idea and fantasy of the guiding word, which is when you're a baby in Geode and your first word kind of defines your path in life, your vocation, your kind of your overall path in life, your quest. So Ashley Fask is born where? Give me a roll for let's. OK, here's how we're we're going to throw out. We're just going to like I said, we're getting real weird with it. Yeah, I'm about it. Give me a roll for weather. Oh, snap. Okay. Okay. So this is a D. Not even going to try. It was storming when they were born. When he was born, there was a harsh lightning storm. So, and I, well, and I'm more specifically kind of thinking, like, was born somewhere where there are, like, a stormy region. Yeah, we, we rarely talk about weather because it, it, that's a tricky thing. Because I never want people to, like, start to make one-to-one comparisons to our oh, world. Sure. So where was it? Where, what do you think is a stormy region? Dragon is literally in the clouds, or is it above them? I dig it being in Dragon. I think that's a cool concept. And yeah. it's among the clouds. You know, there are lightning storms. That's a cool, like, that's a cool elemental thing. Because for, if you're in the sky, a lightning storm would kind of affect you differently. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, perhaps it would make, like, the earthquake. You know what I mean? Because the rumbling, yeah. if your city kind of rests on the clouds or clouds are passing through your city, it would be like lightning fog almost, you know, that envelops the city. There was a, there's a visual element that I want to draw in, which is like, I was driving through a lightning storm today. Yeah. Or I was driving back from lunch into the office and like a lightning storm was happening like in front of me. Yeah. And like, I was watching lightning bolts. Yeah. So like knowing, you know, which is probably not the safest thing to do, but but captivated just seeing them. I was like, wow, that's imagine being like in the sky. I know. And like. You know, Dragon probably has, like, a magical shield that protects it from, like, lightning strikes. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it doesn't. It might be cooler if it doesn't. But, like, seeing lightning bolts that, like, where you are, like, around you has got to be, like, a a dazzling experience. I like that a lot. So, can I give you a pitch just kind of like Dragon City? um, A floating, you know, futuristic city in the clouds. Um, there's a lot of lightning rods scattered all over the place. And they're, you know, those telephone poles or cell phone towers that are like disguised as pine trees. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like that where they're ornate and beautiful and they kind of take in lightning for a purpose. I don't know if it's to power tech or if it's just like, you know, to keep people safe, but lightning rods are ornate, beautiful, decorative structures in the city of Dragon for this purpose because I, maybe perhaps it's stormy often. And here's what that tells me. Okay. As a as a a a character as a a note about the world. Yeah. Something that you just said gave me a very strong idea if we want to make it uh sad, if we want to make it sad. I'm all about sadness. If people like that means that people are in this city in the clouds crafting things to look like the ground. Ooh, I Dig that. Which means it is a a draconian tradition to make things. It is a draconian value to make the world of dragon feel like home, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I like this a lot. This kind of principle of we are where we are. We cannot change that, but we can make it special and, and homely. I am about this because it was something I was thinking about the other day where if my if I were me right now and, you know, you know my world was essentially lift, lifted 30,000 feet in the sky, I would like long for, you know what I mean? Part of me would miss 
just being kind of down there. And like, you know what I mean? I like my backyard or I like, yeah. I like where I grew up and things like that. So there would be that sort of like longing for what, you know, for not being in the fucking sky, not there being a magic forest underneath your city, but kind of like you just long for, you know, driving down to the coast of Dragon, you know, stuff that you're used to, normalcy, like for lack of yeah. a better term, your routine would be completely disrupted. And so people do, okay, cool. I like that perhaps that like you know they all look like trees maybe or if they are decorative reminders of think lightning rods are decorative reminders of the world below mm-hmm. i fuck with this so ashley fask is born a dwarf born in dragon and during a lightning storm is born is that just a detail that happens or does that have something to do with it you know baby <sighs> struck by lightning given lightning abilities you know, given a Harry Potter scar, I don't fucking know. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it is a, um, I don't think it, I don't, I don't even necessarily see it so much as a birth omen. Okay. Maybe, and this is something I was thinking about. Yeah. Because I kind of do like, going back to the dwarven first word, I kind of do like there being a magical, like a magical power associated with that. Yes. But, like, I like the idea that it's not necessarily, like, the way that Geode does it, the way that Geode interprets that might change, but there is sort of still this magical power okay, that is associated with the first word. Maybe Ashley's first word, like, caused a lightning storm. Okay. And it's not so much like, uh, like, you know, he didn't do it, like, his family didn't do anything around that, like, but, like, he said, like, star. Mm. Or, or and like suddenly go with me on this i'm with you he says his first word is star and suddenly like a a a, a one in a million lightning storm emerges around the entire city of dragon as crackle of lightning crackle of lightning and it it, it, it just looks like around this child are like spotlights mm. and it's like you know you see these flashes of light that hit that that hit this child as if they are spotlights, and it is just this like supernatural moment that might not be acted upon, but there's this energy that is there that the, nonetheless like there's an energy that is there, but it is not necessarily followed up upon. I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this because in traditional Geodian like traditional Geodian culture, it would be like you're a star. We're gonna send you to fucking acting school. You know, you're gonna be a performer. But perhaps mm-hmm. the journey is different now because if you grew up in Dragon, you'd all be about, um, what was it like innovation and things like that? Okay. So oh, I do have a strong pitch though. Give me. Just tying it all together. What if Ash? What if Teen Sensation Ashley Fask is this is a world renowned crafter of of tree shaped lightning rods? I dig this. Or just okay, like an artisan. Like he like he's a famous. He makes things. And is famous for, and like, is a sculptor or is an is a, a craftsman. Can we go by chapters of his life? Yeah, for sure. So perhaps that's where he starts. Perhaps he's some kind of. So he says star, right? Yeah. And a lightning storm happens, and the stars shine upon him, and it looks like a spotlight is hitting this kid. Right? He grows up, and why? Why does he become an artisan of lightning rods? Does it become more apparent in you know every everywhere he is? Does the does the world smile upon him and try to bless him with lightning bolts? You know what I mean? Is it because of his presence that there are more lightning storms abundant, or has he just become someone who makes lightning rods? Um, Can I give you a pitch? Give me a pitch. So, Ashley Fask is born. 
Ashley Fask lives a normal life as a kid. And kind of, I'm thinking that the lightning rod chapter of his life was not so much like a defining thing, just kind of work that he fell into. Maybe it was his family. It was like a family of people who craft lightning rods and they're artisans and, you know, and his are very expressive and they're very beautiful. And that's just kind of what his young life was. Perhaps the family business was, you know, making, you know, uh, dragon protective services where it's just like people who strive to keep dragons safe from, you know, comets, lightning rods, you know, and other weather elements and astral bodies that plummet from the sky. Love it. And then as he moved into what a like young adulthood, what is that when he rolled for like a character class type thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I like that because what I kind of want is like, well, and that's the thing is we're moving into young adulthood, but like the prompt is teen sensation. So yes. I kind of I do want which means that like if we are saying that this is what he did in his teenage life, mm-hmm. that he did become a sensation. Mm-hmm. At that. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not to say, and that's not, to, but then like he, but then like so many, you know, teenaged entertainers, yes, teenaged sensations, he does grow older and eventually like might chain, might stay in the same field, but may also just move on and do something else. Ashley Fask as a teen became the, you know, it's easy to say the number one lightning rod crafter. But I think something about it, perhaps he's the one who's like, you know, these are ugly eyesores around the city. You know, parents, what if we, you know, what if we hid them in plain sight? What if one was a tree? What if one was in a statue? What if one was like, you know, the lightning strikes the statue and its eyes light up and people come from miles away just in case, like, you know, make them a spectacle. And it's become sort of like this Banksy feel where people are like, oh, that's a Fask original, blah, 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 you know, is on the Dragon Letterman couch, blows up, blah, 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 blah. But now our story is kind of what happens when that's over, when that is no longer necessary. When when his first word is star, right? What happens when that star has burnt out? Who are you when the work is over, when the gig is complete? It's something that I think he has to find. Because that's a fascinating question to me. Because in fantasy stories, like, we rarely establish that. Like, usually it's like, the warrior killed the dragon and got the treasure, and then they retired for a life at home. Like, they just sat around till they died. Like, what did they do? You know right. what I mean? Like, what's next? What is next for Teen Sensation Ashley Fast, who was, like, this artist, this personality, this, like, Andy Warhol-esque, like, teen, super cool fashion icon, like, was going around. And they're like, what's he going to make next? Because I think lightning rods were a serious thing in Dragon, but it was, like, very for function. And, of course— Is Ashley Fast a stage name? It is now. Yes, absolutely. I, I believe so. I like it being a stage name. I feel like Teen Sensation Ashley Fask, like, that implies to me that that person has a stage name. Yeah, totally. And so they they have this persona, and they have this, you know, this presence in Dragon, where they have effectively done, blended both, you know, Geodian and Dragonian culture, where it's sort of this reinvention, while also form of expression, to make something better. And they create this revolution of, like, what if we beautify Dragon? You know what I mean? What if we make yep. things beautiful and things like that? But then kind of when that becomes passe and Ashley Fask is 25, 30, you know, 32, perhaps. <laughs> what now? Who yeah. are you and what do you want? 
when you're when you thought something that would define your entire fantasy life is over when that chapter you know you turn the page and there's no more writing and you have to figure it out for yourself because i'm thinking everything up to this point was kind of easy like you know he's a genius and he's really fast at making these designs and oh my god he's taken off he's taken off and then the work slows down the work slows down and eventually there's no need for them you know someone thinks of something else and there's a new teen sensation ashley fask and now where is ashley i'm gonna hit you with something are you ready i'm ready when ashley fask goes away what happens to old tommy culpepper old tommy c thank you thank you magical girl kira on the discord for the secondary prompt tommy culpepper Old. Yeah, like what happens when Tommy goes back to his life? Tommy has to search for meaning, has to search for what he wants. Yeah. You know, has to find meaning in this gigantic fantasy world. And part of me wants to tell the story of like some kind of fantasy redemption story of something where it's like, you know, someone wrongs them and they have to like, you know, figure something out or a quest for something great. You know, what is it? Is it something that has to do with a comet, with a meteor, with a star? You know, I'm just thinking along this word where, like, you know, oftentimes we talk about when the dwarves think their life is one thing. And then it turns out that their path was something something else. else. You know, when star means many things. Why don't we we roll on some character class dice? I'm about that. So let's see what kind of class they are. And that might inform us as to That'll kind of tell us about what, like, Tommy does. Like, because he's walked away from the artisan life. Yeah. And now it's time for, what, a life of adventure? And why? Who knows? It depends on the class. You know, I think that'll tell us a lot about, like, what happens next. I got Ranger. Okay. Which is interesting, because it gives me, with the with the theme we're going with, with weather and stars and meteors and lightning, it makes me think of tracking. It makes me think of scouting and meteorology and, you know, air, smelling the air. Things like that are the images that first come to me. I, I get the same kind of imagery and like the the image that I get is somebody looking at like an at like the northern star. Okay. At like somebody and so like not to go back to an AMFC staple and maybe maybe this is one of several classes that that he adopts. Yeah. But like I do think that that you know he walks he leaves behind the artisan life and he kind of just leaves behind his work and travels for a while. Can I give you a pitch as to why? Yeah. So Tommy Culpepper, now Ashley Fask is done, and he's 32, living in Dragon, you know, trying to make it work, just doing, like, small artisan work to, you know, kind of paycheck to paycheck at the moment, and watching other artists rise and rise and become, like, be the new him, you know, and one day he's watching, and I do think that a star does, because if you're in Dragon, you would be the first person to see it. Mm-hmm. And it whizzes by perhaps his like bedroom window of his apartment complex, and he sees it crash land in the world below. And you see the big gust of smoke, and perhaps it's in a region of Dragon that's like you know nobody like Dragon is kind of like this this nature place anymore. Like I'm sure there's small towns like there is everywhere else of people yeah. who like went down and started, but perhaps it's in a place where like you know he's never thought to venture i'm thinking of like the story of someone rediscovering their place in the world by exploring their place in the world that yeah, isn't the that. city like where adventure is in your backyard kind of feel like the comet landed where it's like you're still in dragon you know right and it's still in the flying city but it's like a section of it that he's never like set foot in yes and so has to go find this comet is it off the city or is it on the ground ground I kind of like it being on the ground ground. Yeah, me too. 
and he has to kind of I don't know what what calls to him to do that. What what is it? Is it crackling with lightning? Is it? Can I give you a pitch? Just yeah. because for something, a meteor flies by Ashley Fask's apartment complex, hurtling through space. He sees it, and it's kind of as it's going amidst a lightning storm. All the bolts of lightning are cracking at it, as if it's drawing, as if it's like a right. flying yeah. lightning rod, and it's. What is it? Is it, is this the most beautiful thing he's ever seen? Is it, oh my God, I can, you know, is it, does it come his journey to find this meteor? Does it come from a place of like, if I find this, I can be it, the it again. And then it, you know, it of course spirals into something greater than that. Does he do it in a pursuit to become Ashley Fask again? I kind of like that. I like that, but I also, I'm going to throw you a pitch. Yeah. That it doesn't work. No. Yeah. I don't think that he finds it. Like he finds it, right? Yeah. Like he finds it. I think it landed, like, it landed out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's on the ground, but it's in, like, a dusty field. There's no one around. He finds it, and it ultimately is just a cool-looking rock. And he looks back up, and he's like, oh, well, now Dragon is so far away that Dragon is just kind of a star in the sky. Yeah. So, honestly, maybe, like, he kind of just looks at it, and he's like, okay, well, I know I can come back. Maybe I see what else is out there for a little while. So he just starts walking or like, what is it that drives? Okay, because my question is, what does Ashley Fask want? You know what I mean? In his life, what does he want right now? Is it to be the it person again? Or is it like, you know, does he want to figure out who Tommy C, Tommy Culpepper is? You know, is it that kind of thing? I kind of see it as that. And I kind of see it as if you were someone in that position. Mm Mm-hmm. If you were Ashley Fask, teen sensation Ashley Fask, like those are the words that jump out to me is teen sensation. I kind of feel like that person, like, I think you can point to a lot of, you know, young looking at like, you know, drawing a real world comparison. You can look at a lot of young people, performers, artists, etc., who, when they reach a certain age, just go like, I don't want to be in the spotlight anymore. Okay. I want to know what it's like to not live in that spotlight. Okay. So I kind of see it as, I kind of see it as, like, I need to figure out what life is. I need to figure out what life is like when I'm not a teen sensation. And I know, like, and so it's this idea of, you know, my star is the City of Dragon, and I will go back there when I finally know who I am. Like, who I, when I, when I finally know what it is that I want out of the world. But mm-hmm. for now, more than anything, I'm going to throw you a pitch right now. Okay, I have one too, so I'm ready. I think he just wants to be alone. Yep. Was it the same pitch? It was similar. I have something very similar. I want to hear yours. I had an image of someone staring, looking at a meteor that was gathering lightning in it. And what what I see is someone who is, they peaked, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a craft. Because you said he's an artisan. You know, Ashley Fask is an artisan craftsperson, but only knows one thing. And usually what people do, it's like they peak, like Matilda, the girl who was Matilda, homegirl went to grad school. Right. You know what I mean? Like you go and you start again. So what I'm thinking is standing over this rock just, you know, finds it. And you said it was just a meteor. Nothing yeah. special about it. As he's walking up to it, someone else's as well. And I'm thinking this is the story of how Ashley Fask becomes an artisan weapon or armor smith like an npc in a fantasy setting okay by training under someone or just experimenting or like do they find it because this is 
because we told this story oftentimes that you, you when you kept saying that like this is kind of like a parallel to teen actors basically mm-hmm. you know what i mean it yeah. oftentimes reminds me of i always think like if they only had a positive voice you know someone on sure. their team who wasn't trying to take advantage of them they could have not turned into like a tragic tale of sure. loss so i'm seeing as like ashley fast has nothing you know chases this meteor is like it was just a rock. I wasted so much time. I left everything behind. I'm getting surpassed while I'm down here by all my rivals. And someone comes out to be like, you know, sees sees this person, this, you know, perhaps uh, a little someone a little older in the tooth comes out and just starts taking a little chisel and chiseling away chunks of this rock. And they're like, would you like to help me? Like, you know, would you like to help me gather this up? And they're like, why the hell would I do that? It's just some rock. And I think it's, I don't know, they see a spear on this person's back crackling with lightning. Does this person make lightning and armor, lightning weapons and armor? I dig it. I love it. And teaches Ashley Fask how to, like, kind of capture lightning and kind of make, listener, I'm trying to doing lightning in a bottle kind of imagery. (laughs) I was actually kind of proposed the the exact opposite. Oh. That this person's, like, crackling lightning magic and it's just kind of, like, chiseling at this rock. And Ashley Fask is like, well, no, if you... Ooh, a meeting of the minds. Yeah, and starts just being like, well, actually, if you build it like this and, like, realizes that he has a skill for, like, engineering and crafting and all of those artisan skills, he's like, oh, I can actually apply this to, like, magical items that will channel magic in a really, like, effective way. That can, he's, he's a master of, like, things that draw in lightning and nature yeah. elements. And so this person that was, like, just a traveling adventurer that was, like, I just need to, like, chisel this out to make, like, an arrowhead or a spearhead. It was someone on a fetching quest. (laughs) I need six meteorite fragments to bring back the blacksmith. Ashley Fask is, like, I could probably make you something out of that. That'll be way more bomb than Yeah, uh, and so I kind of picture them as a traveling craftsman teacher. Because the the idea of of them as a ranger and somebody that, like, is a traveler is cool to me. The idea of somebody that travels and teaches people, like you know, craftsmanship and like holds classes and is just kind of like, it's not glamorous or cool or then they're never a star, but he just does this thing. He's like, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go to this town. I'm going to open shop for six weeks. I'm going to make some cool items. People are going to bring me, Hey, I have this, I I mined this ore out from underneath my farm. It's glowing green. And he's like, well, if we do this, boom, it's a torch that never goes out. Oh, it, it takes me two days. I love and it. And he is, you know, it's it's a you don't seek him out. He comes to you. Yeah. And when he does, you bring out your magical items, your artifacts, your your weird materials. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, like if I and he just looks at it for a minute. It it, it reminds me a little bit of like a he's like he's like he's the person that makes the thing. That is cool. He is the RPG, like, NPC who, you know, you're walking through the woods and like, what are you buying? And they're like, if you give, like, Ashley Fask essentially, like, you know, I can make you, I can make you max level meteor weapons if you fetch me some meteorite fragments. I can give you a sword of crackling lightning, you know, or make you a chess piece that makes you immune to lightning and gives you a bolt aura if you do this. But if you don't, like, you know, he is the fetching quest. NPC. He's a fetch quest, okay? He's a fetch quest NPC. I love it. And star. I keep thinking of star meaning, like, the star thing is, like, I can gather things. If something falls from the sky or a mysterious item that, like, you know, we think is an astral thing, I can do that. Or I can channel starlight or astral bodies into weapons and armor. Or maybe it means nothing, and this is all just kind of <laughs> random chance. It's true. Like, that's what I mean. It, I think he kind of reaches a point. I think... 
I think part of what this is is him realizing, like, I don't know. Who knows? Who who knows? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm enjoying this. I like making things. I just want to, like, put this to... I want to put this to skill and have people appreciate the thing. Because I would think at a certain point, dwarves kind of stop caring about the naming thing. Where, like, yeah. people start saying, like, why am I letting this define my life? Like, yeah, my first word was start... Like, us. Like, humans. Yeah, I might have said, like, you know, bottle as a baby. I'm not like, I have to go into the microbrewery business. Like, eventually they would be like, yeah, it was just a fucking word. I was a baby. And, like, right. yes, maybe it has something to do with that but like i don't care i'm gonna do my own i'm kind of gonna like make my own fate type thing mm-hmm. and i love that i like this story of just like you know it, it is the old cliche of you have the two paths and one is like going to the store and the other one's going on a magical adventure and you're like i just kind of want to go to the fucking store yeah i'm just gonna go to the store today god and i i like this i like a traveling npc um yeah and it's kind of this i like the kind of complete because they do find a path in life you know, because at first it was one thing when you're young and your life's exciting and you become a teen sensation. Then uh, now it's just like no one knows who Ashley Fask is anymore. They're just yeah. like this passing merchant. It is, you know, when you're in the end of like a JRPG or a video game when it's like, if you go to this woods at this time of night on this day, you'll find the person you can give all the items to and it like gives you super rare items and stuff. That mm-hmm. is, that is teen sensation Ashley Fast. Yeah, that's, that's, that it's, that's exactly who it is. A mystical traveling blacksmith. Myth. I love it. I love it. Um, do you want to roll on background tables for like a sure. smith yeah. or a celebrity or because they are yeah, an artisan and I'm upset. I really like Ashley. I like where Ashley Fask went. It's a good story. It is. D wiki backgrounds. Yeah, anything that's like a like a black you have like blacksmith? Is this someone who like works with his hands and is like he's an artist, but like someone who can Who's been punching, like, hammering metal into shapes and rods and, you know, knows material alloys. Like, you know, he's a master of yeah. metal and alloys. I, You know, I, there is, there's artisan in the main book. You want to use it? Yeah. Let's use that. We haven't used it. I don't know if we've used it in a little long time. Yeah, fuck it. Give me a D8 for personality trait in the Dungeons & Dragons Player's Handbook uh, Guild Artisan Tables. I love it. Um, D8, go. Three. I always want to know how things work and what makes people tick. I love that. Yeah. I love that, like, as he's working, like, reminds me a lot of, like, my dad when he, like, works on things is he'll just, like, talk to you. Mm. And he'll just be like, so so what brings you around? You know, and he's, like, sawing off, like, wood, like, sanding wood. And he's like, so what's, uh, what's, what's your story? What, what, what are you looking to, what are you looking to get out of this? Like, what's, what's your, what's your end goal? What's your quest? I dig that, where it's like, you meet this person in the woods. You meet Ashley Fask, and you're like, oh, my God, there, you flag him down. And you're like, I have these, you know, shards of meteor, and I would like a spear, please. And it's like, all right, that is going to take six days. You have to stay with Ashley Fask and keep him company, keep him fed. You know, you got to hang. Which is not like Bureau Smazoni, where like he just Damn leaves it. you in a cave. No, no it, I'm it's, saying it's different. He moves in with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like this thing where it's like I want to know more about the people who are because it, I think it is. I will say I think it's an ego stroke where he oh, asks sure. you a lot of questions. Where it's like, so what do you think? Here's like he shows you bits and pieces. Like here's the head of the thunder spear. What do you think? He's that creative that is like, hey, I need feedback, please. Feedback notes, feedback notes, notes thoughts. please. Thank Great. you. Okay, cool. We're gonna keep on with this path. We're gonna go to the get to the next iteration. 
<laughs> he's a big iteration guy. And a lot of it is flexing, though. Like, a yeah. lot of it. Like, oh, for he sure. knows what the head of the Thunder Spear looks like. He knows that, like, you're going to notice that cool lightning bolt design on, like, the yep. flat part of it. And he wants you to say, like, Does oh, not I- take feedback well. Oh, if you have negative feedback? Does he cry or does he get upset? Does he pretend uh, to cry? I think he just gets, like, real passive aggressive. Oh. Well, I mean, if you oh, want me to mm, stop making yeah, the Thunder no, Spear, I, mean, I can. Yeah, I just kind of, you know, I, I just figured this is the best way to channel that lightning. But if you want it different, like, we can go different. I just, I know that, like, it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. And I just want to make sure you're okay with that. Oh, like, you know, you, you told me that you had a... You told me you had six meteorite shards to make the Thunder Spear? Well, I mean, with with feedback like that, that's going to cost you seven. Yeah. You're like, oh, jeez, no. is your budget only six? Oh, well, you know, keep that up, and it's going to be seven meteorite shards. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, I guess? You asked. You asked me for feedback. Yeah, I did. I didn't expect it to be so mean. Mean? I said I'd die. Ugh, damn it. <laughs> Give me a D6 for an ideal. Animal D6. Go, go, go. Six, eagle. Aspiration. I work hard to be the best there is at my craft. Yeah, kind of. You know, that's... Yeah. And if you... (laughs) Works hard because that competitive nature from his life as a teen sensation did not go away. Oh, yeah. So, like, there are other magical, like, mystical, mythical, legendary level blacksmiths out there, but he's always making sure that he makes the best shit. And that's why, like, I will only make maybe meteor weapons are, like, crazy fucking strong or something. And, like, it's really hard to do. That's why it takes, like, seven. Like, it could be done with, like, metal in three days. But he's like, I have to be the best. I have Mm -hmm. to make the best lightning brand weapons ever made or else, like, he can't. It's a level of, like, professional. It comes from, like, a life as a professional, like, a consummate professional, a life of being on top and a couple decades of not being on top. So right yeah. now he's like the number one blacksmith, period, mythical weapon creator, and like he's will be damned if he goes back to being what he was in his mid twenties. Yeah, that's rough, but it, it says a lot about. I mean, it is. It has to. It it has to be that. Yeah, give me a d six for a bond. Two fish. I created a great work for someone and found them unworthy to receive it. I'm still looking for someone worthy. Oh, he made like a he made like the god blade. Mm-hmm. And what what was it that made him make something so powerful? And why didn't the person deserve it? Pure ego. <laughs> so I was gonna say, was it like I've created something far too powerful for anyone to? No, it's he was straight up just like you can't even lift this. <laughs> he just was like he was like this is my masterpiece. I'm not giving this to just anybody. And I think it's that thing where he just goes back to it and like like sands or like uh you know sharpens the blade a little bit when no one's around. Like this is his. This is his 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 master work. And he's like, I'm not just going to give this to any sh- like this. I'm saving for the right person. You know, in an RPG, like a JRPG, um, there'll be an inventory of a of like a weapon and armor salesperson or an accessories when there's the item at the bottom of the menu that costs like max gold and you're not supposed to buy it. He yeah. has that. So this is what this weapon is. This weapon is a great sword that could cut through could like a single swing of it could change the weather for like a month could Mm -hmm. change entire seasons and he kind of doesn't want to sell it ever he just wants it to be on display to flex to other weaponsmiths so when people are like let me see your wares he puts that out first and they're like holy shit the power coming from this thing is like 
beyond comprehension. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I put that one out? That one's not for sale. Like, what? Can I have it? No, 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 no. Hold on. Let me put that back in the cart. You can have these, though. <laughs> and they're like lesser magical weapons mm-hmm. and stuff. I love it just being pure ego. <laughs> just does it to rub it in people's faces. Give me a D6 for a flaw. Can I name the sword? Yeah. It's called the Sky Render. Cool. I had to. Um, <laughs> two fish again. I'm quick to assume that someone is trying to cheat me. That's why he's bad at feedback. He's like, oh, is this because, oh, is it, mm, It's you think that you're going to save that meteor shard? You think that you're not going to, that if you do this, you're going to get it as five? It's just not going to work. You see, the problem is you really need the six meteor shards. It just, it doesn't, you know, that that six meteor shard is really good. It's a, it's a load bearing piece. Like fundamentally, I don't want to get into the logistics for you, but you can see that it's kind of, you know, everything else kind of feeds that sixth shard. So like, I understand you feeling like this juts out a little bit and it, and it, it makes it look a little less pretty, but I'm promising you this is like a really important important piece of the puzzle if you pull this out everything else falls apart i think a lot of it comes from his time and he's like jaded a lot of it like he feels like he's nervous that he's going to be cheated that everything's going to be taken from him and so part of the sales pitch of like well i need that many media even if he doesn't i think he's afraid of losing this this position he has of being a mythical salesperson and i think a lot of that like he's just kind of insecure and so mm-hmm. he's always kind of like worried about being cheated if someone's going to give him like, you know, impure meteor shards or is going to like, you know, maybe steal his weapons because he's not much of a fighter. I think just part of that is just comes from having everything and losing it as a kid. He's kind of always I think just part of him is worried that he's going to get cheated and have to go back to square one and start all over again after yeah. finding what he thinks is like his passion passion, you know? Yeah. Damn. I love it. I love it so much. That's a wrap. I think that's a wrap on Teen Sensation, Ashley Fask. I like this tale of this bitter, you know, unfortunate little dwarf. Yeah, I love it. I love it a lot. Thank you so much, Magical Girl Kira, for your prompt. Um, if you'd like to submit a prompt to our show, Magical Girl Kira used our Discord channel, but there are a lot of ways to do it. There sure are. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children you can send them to us via email at all my fantasy children at gmail.com you can post them to our discord at bit.ly slash amfc discord or you can go to all my fantasy children.com yeah while you're there check out all things amfc and just poke around see what else we're up to um jeff has a second podcast that you should be listening to i do party of one is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences where have i heard that before <laughs> Uh, every week I sit down with a friend, we play through a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Yeah! Um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the OneShot Podcast Network. Um, if you if you want to learn more about role-playing games, a great way that I find to learn more about them is by reading the ones that are bad. Or, like, learning about, like, the kind of the history of role-playing games and how we got to, like, the cool place we are. And that's, at times, looking at the missteps. And I'm talking about the podcast System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best. It was Hot Wing. Don't even add us. Find their shows at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. I'm finding in my quest to learn how to maybe make a game that... I'm finding it informative to learn what the big people did, like what the big guns did that were missteps and Mm -hmm. focusing more on like the successes of indie games from learning about those from other shows. But like System Mastery is good at teaching me like 
they did this. It was fucking stupid. Like, or they didn't play test it enough clearly. Don't forget yeah. to always play test your things a lot. It's kind of like the do's and don'ts of like game design from people who make a lot of money making games. Right. And it puts things into a perspective for me where things kind of feel doable. So check that out. Makes sense. Yeah. I like that. So check out System Mastery. Um, what else do we talk about? Verbal hug this week. Uh, your story's never over. Oh, fuck. There is always another chapter. There is always a chance for a turned page. You know, uh, you'll, you'll know when your story is done. But until then, and there's nothing we can do to change that, there's always another page. There's always another chapter to go through. And there's always a chance that that story changes course. So keep at it. Keep being you and keep being wonderful. Yeah. Because... That story, your story continues even if you think that your story is done. It's never too late to kind of pivot. There's a there's a line from the musical Children of Eden by Stephen Schwartz that I always think about when they say there is no journey gone so far that we cannot stop and change direction. Um, I always think about that when it's like when you're feeling really shitty. It's like sometimes it's okay to like change direction and maybe not walk down this path or not keep feeling shitty because you feel like it's what you have to do because like that's the path you're on and that's what we do it's like you know sometimes you can it's okay to like change kind of course if mm-hmm. it's going to make you ultimately happier and healthier yeah love it yeah um is that it is that all we do i think that's a wrap damn this is a concise episode we're a real podcast and until next time on that note good night and good, good game, game. Just the person I was looking for. Teen sensation, Ashley. I'm sorry, I've never said it out loud. What can I do for you, traveler? If you know who I am, then you know how this works. I am the great smith, Ashley Fask, and I can turn mysterious materials into might. Now, what have you brought? Cool speech. I want a sky render. That item is not for sale. But gaze upon its splendor, its power. Nah, you dork, I don't want that one. I want you to forge another one, but make it a spear. To do this for some ordinary adventurer would be a waste, would it not? This feat is suitable for a knight, wouldn't you say? For a sky render has the power to shape the world itself. Is this something you wish to wield, knight? Of course I do, and I'm not a knight. Well, not anymore. Of course not. Very well. For a living myth such as yourself, I will take the job. You never do drop the act, do you? So how much do I owe you? Let's say seven shards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Hilarious. I totally see what you did there. You can take the teen sensation out of dragon, but you can't take the dragon out of the teen sensation, can you?